We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Justin, as the Oklahoma City Thunder beat, destroy, demolish, decimate, embarrass, the Toronto Raptors and probably the entire nation of Canada 132 to 113 before we dive in I want to little I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire podcast network and dailythunder.com if you don't already be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star rating you can also find us on Twitter Instagram YouTube Facebook and TikTok welcome ladies and gentlemen to every Toronto Raptors fan's favorite podcast as Oklahoma City showcases what a basketball safe haven they've created for Canada's favorite son, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I hate to disappoint all the blog boys out there that have been eagerly clicking away in the trade machine, trying to make trades like uh, Fred Fred Van Vliet and two firsts make sense. SGA is not that guy, buddy. SGA is so much more, and we got to see it on display tonight, along with the whole Thunder squad. Tough night to be a a Raptors blog boy. The rumors have been flying. If you've been anywhere on the internet, I say rumors. They're not rumors. Let's just be clear about that word. There's no rumor. This is just people talking and filling space on a podcast. We do this all the time. (laughs) Sometimes you have to make up hypotheticals to talk about. That's all these Raptors people are doing. It's interesting. It's a compelling thing for them to talk about. I'm sure if there was somebody from Oklahoma that was like really, really good in the NBA that people would be making up fantastical scenarios of how they could bring him to the Thunder. I mean, you already hear people like kick around the name Trey Young uh, randomly for like somebody that would make sense in Oklahoma City. Like it's not it's not rocket science how they come up with this Shay's from canada he's really good the raptors would love to have him huh i wonder what it would take to get him there's no rumor here you have anonymous gms stating the obvious of like yeah well if oklahoma city never wins a game in the next five years i bet Shay would be kind of frustrated 
It would probably one out of Oklahoma City. Yeah, you don't say. But guess what? That's not what's happening. And we got to see that on display in person against said Toronto Raptors tonight. Oklahoma City goes pretty much wire to wire in this one. Looked like the better team for the entire game. Oklahoma City looked like a deep team tonight. The offense was clicking. The defense was clicking. Many, many guys up and down this roster looked like the best players on the floor tonight. So let's dive in, shall we? Uh, Five takeaways tonight from tonight's victory over the Raptors. Number one, Tenacious D, not the combination of Jack Black and Kyle Gass, though also good. Uh, This is the Thunder's defense tonight. Excellent, excellent stuff. Number two, big takeaway number two is offense that was anything but offensive. Number three, OK Canada. Oklahoma City's Canadian trio showed out tonight. Takeaway number four is the sweet, sweet Poku Nectar. And five, giddy up? Question mark. So let's dive in. Game summary. Before we dive into those five things, I mentioned it before. Oklahoma City led pretty much wire to wire in this thing. The first quarter was really interesting. If you didn't catch the game, uh, it probably didn't go like how you would expect based off how the game ended. Oklahoma City outscores Toronto 29 to 24 in the first quarter. Oklahoma City had nine turnovers in the first quarter. (laughs) It was a sloppy game uh, to start off with. Oklahoma City finishes with 19 turnovers, so they got nearly half of those just in the first quarter alone. It was pretty tight for most of the first quarter up until about uh, five minutes left in the first quarter. Oklahoma City went on a little bit of a run to kind of open it up. I think the lead got up to like nine-ish at one point after uh, SGA hit a fabulous jab step, step back three-pointer. And then, like I said, Oklahoma City goes into into the second frame up five. But that second quarter, Oklahoma City blew it open. The Raptors scored a couple to start start off the second quarter, made it a three-point game, and then Oklahoma City just blows the roof off and goes on like a roughly 30 to like 12 run, something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, Oklahoma City just took off. The offense was unstoppable and never looked back. Oklahoma City outscores Toronto 41, 41 points. 41 to 32 in the second quarter outscores them 36 to 29 in the third. And then the fourth, much like the first was, was pretty equal, but it was the scoring outburst from Oklahoma city tonight uh, combined with solid defense. That that's a tough combination to beat. Oklahoma city looked like it was clicking on all cylinders tonight and Toronto never really stood a chance. Toronto played bad. It wasn't all like Oklahoma city playing like an NBA superstar team. Uh, Toronto played pretty bad, but Oklahoma City deserves a lot of credit for making Toronto play bad. Toronto's a a better team than what they showed tonight, but uh, Oklahoma City probably probably at peak performance tonight. Uh, Not not many things to nitpick across the court from this one. Shout out Caden in the chat. He says, Justin been getting the good games lately. I'll drink to that. Not not a not as much fun. Uh, doing a 25-point blowout. We'll take this any night of the week. So let's dive in. Five takeaways. I teased them earlier. Let's start with number one, Tenacious D. Oklahoma City's defense, in a word, 
swarming all over the floor tonight. Everybody was active. Everybody was locked in. Oklahoma City looked uh, manic on the defensive end of the floor. They've not looked that locked in as a team. Uh, maybe this whole season, like they've been a really good defensive team. We've talked about it. They're they're a top ten, I think, still a uh, defensive team in the league. But tonight was like a defensive clinic for the Thunder. The Thunder had nineteen turnovers, uh, which give the Raptors a lot of credit. They turn teams over uh, as much as anybody in the league. Oklahoma City had sixteen turnovers forced against the Raptors. So though Oklahoma City had more, I think you you absolutely feel good about that if you're the Thunder. Um, they did an excellent job. Like I mentioned, the the big scoring outbursts in the second and third quarter don't look quite as good if you're not um, shutting down Toronto like you did in the first quarter. 24 points in the first quarter for, for Toronto. 29 in the third, 28 in the fourth. You feel really good about that if you're Oklahoma City. Toronto shoots 43% from the floor. 36% from behind the arc. You feel really good about that if you're Oklahoma City again. Um, they out-rebound the Raptors 44-39. to 39. They out-rebound them on both offense and defensive glass individually. Oklahoma City had 10 steals tonight and 6 blocks. Um, of those 6 blocks, uh, 4 of them at the hand of Alexei Pokushevsky. We'll get, we'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, but Oklahoma City, the, the takeaway is just active everywhere on the floor. Everybody looked locked in. I think tonight was a good example of, though the Thunder don't have length in the traditional like front court center, they have length everywhere else. They got some long boys that they can put out there. The starting lineup tonight, Poku, Dort, SGA, Wiggins, and Giddy. That's an interesting lineup. Uh, I think Wiggins getting in the starting lineup was fun. Uh, I think he he brings an interesting dynamic to that starting five. Poku was using his length, albeit very skinny length, but still using it uh, on the inside tonight. Like I said, those four blocks. Lou Dort, obviously, we know what he can do. Shea, Shea looked locked in on defense. Um, then you had guys like J-Dub that looked solid. Kenny Hustle, as always. And Omarui was a nice thick body amongst uh, some of the skinny boys that OKC ran out there tonight. But overall, just an incredible defensive performance for Oklahoma City tonight. Tenacious D, which leads us to our second takeaway offense that was anything but offensive. What a clinic. The numbers just pop off the page tonight for Oklahoma City. OKC shoots 50. 55.9% from the floor, 41.7% from behind the arc. Every single Thunder player, except for Trey Mann, shoots 50% or better. Every single player. You have Poku at 6 of 10, Dort 4 of 7, SGA 8 of 14, Wiggins 6 of 12, Giddy 6 of 9, Omarui 8 of 10, J-Dub 5 of 10, Kenny Hustle 3 of 6, Isaiah Joe 1 of 2, and like I mentioned, Trey, Trey Man, 5 of 13. But what a ridiculous stat line. Ridiculous. You played 10 guys tonight, and nine of them shot better than 50% from the floor. Incredible. Incredible shooting from Oklahoma City. 
the 41.7% from behind the arc is probably the most astonishing thing. Uh, if you followed this team at all this season, you know how bad they are from behind the arc. Uh, basically the worst team in the NBA, save the Lakers. Tonight, that 41% is on 36 attempts. So the attempts stayed high. It's not like they randomly decided to, okay, maybe we're not going to shoot as many threes as we have been, and that makes the percentage look better. They kept the volume high, and they just poured it in. Tonight is an example of like the big uh, future vision of what Oklahoma City could look like, right? You get this high-volume three-point shooting, and you get people that can actually put them in. Obviously, this is what it can look like. This is the, the peak output of that offensive vision. Oklahoma City put it out there tonight. Everybody contributed. Everybody played a part. And it was super, super impressive. Uh, a really solid night across the board, but maybe none more so than the big Canadian three, which takes us to takeaway number three. Okay, Canada. Eugene Omarui, player of the game tonight, both from us and from Valley Sports on the broadcast. Um, Omarui interviewed post game said, you know, being from Canada, me, Lou, Shay, we knew we had to go out and make a statement and make a statement they did. Eugene Omarui, the two-way player, 8 of 10 shooting tonight, 5 of 6 from behind the arc, 22 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, plus 12 in 27 minutes. Take a bow, Eugene. What a game. My man had confidence all night long. He was using his big body to get open shots. Uh, five of six from behind the arc. He was hitting everything that he took from back there. Unbelievable. Like, I had very low expectations in training camp from Eugene. I wasn't even sure if he'd make the roster. I mean, I kind of was. But, like, there was a chance of maybe they keep a Houston guy instead. He makes the roster, and he's been awesome. He's been awesome ever since. Yet again, a Thunder two-way guy, like providing real meaningful minutes. It's not, it's not a gimmick. He actually played a big role in Oklahoma city, beating the Toronto Raptors tonight. And it's awesome, especially awesome. Cause he's from Canada and I'm so sick of all the, the SGA trade rumors that this was just icing on the cake. Um, speaking of SGA, 28 minutes for SGA tonight, 20 points, eight of 14 shooting one of two from behind the arc three rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block. Shea was everywhere. Shea was doing everything. Um, he didn't look as, like, maybe explosive as he has in a lot of games this year, but he didn't need to be because everybody else was. Uh, we did drop some new merch tonight. If you haven't seen it, go check out the Cotton Bureau store. Sh Super Shea-in, hard to say. Super Shea-in just dropped in the Cotton Bureau store. So if you uh, if you're interest overlap in Dragon Ball Z and Oklahoma City Thunder like it does ours, you're going to want to check that one out. Uh, Shea continues to be on another level this season. He's playing like an all-star, and he looked he looked incredible tonight. He had some plays that just kind of made your jaw drop. He had one where he went up. It looked like he switched hands. I need to go watch the replay again. Um, I tweeted that it looked like he just cast a spell on the ball to make it go in the basket. I don't know how it, how he did it, how it went in, but it did. And Shea does that every game. He He's good for one of those plays pretty much every night. And the step back threes, he had a nice jab step three uh, early on in the game. So cold, so clean, so confident. You love to see it from Shea. 
And then the last the last part of that trio, Lou Dort tonight, four of seven shooting, three of four from behind the arc for 13 points to go with seven rebounds and two assists. The three-point shooting for Lou tonight, three of four, slightly lower attempts than what we've seen lately from Lou, but it felt good. Um, we've talked a lot about Lou's attempts and how it seems like Oklahoma City is really kind of pushing the issue with getting Lou to shoot from behind the arc. Uh, three of four feels great. Feels better than three of seven, which we've seen a lot of. Um, I think giving him those opportunities builds you towards a performance like tonight. Is Lou Dork going to go three of four every night? No, but he looked confident. He was hitting corner threes. He was hitting his open threes. That's what you want. If you can have a consistent threat, maybe not three or four every night, but somebody that you have to pay attention to if you're a defense, that's what you want out of Lou Dort. And I think we saw we saw him take advantage of that tonight. Uh, overall, that three-headed Canadian monster, fantastic. Fantastic stuff. And it just, like I said, is the icing on the cake given all the, the comments and trade rumors and Canadian drooling over Shea uh, that that we got to show off that I don't know maybe maybe the Canadian fellers in Oklahoma City are better than the Canadian fellers in Canada. Who's to say? Speaking of fellers, point number four: the sweet sweet Poku nectar. Poku, the Poku experience was in full force tonight, as it often is. Poku doesn't do anything halfway. 14 points tonight in 23 minutes, 6 of 10 shooting, 1 of 2 from behind the arc, 5 boards, and 4 blocks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also three turnovers. But Poku was doing all kinds of things tonight. Uh, his shooting looked great. He had some nice moves. He had some nice cuts. The blocks, though. His length, his timing looks excellent. The way he's been able to time some of his block shots lately is is really, really, really strong. Uh, I think it was Nick Gallo that tweeted or mentioned on the broadcast. I'm not sure which that this is, I think, four or five straight games now where Poku's had at least two blocks like this. This is a real thing. Um, this is a real thing for Poku at this point. I think that is huge. I mean, he's huge. <laughs> his length is a big part of this, but he's, he's learning how to use it. And it's the timing. Finding the right time to jump to block a shot and make an impact is great. And we're seeing it against a variety of different types of players. Like we saw it the other night against the Bucks um, versus, uh, wow, why am I blanking? Lopez, goodness gracious. Uh, Brooks Lopez, where 
you know, traditional big body center. And Poku, Poku got worked a few times against Brooks Lopez. Don't get me wrong, but he, he was able to use his height and his timing to make impact on a guy like Brooks Lopez, but he can also do it tonight on maybe a little bit smaller front court that matches up a little better with Oklahoma city with like a Christian Coloco. Um, Poku was, was making an impact out there. He was also leading fast breaks, which you love to see. So like getting a block and turning it up the court, uh, the ball handling is excellent. Um, I think that you're seeing, you're seeing so much progress out of him this season that it's encouraging. I think he's still got plenty of things to rein in. We, it's not called the Poku experience for nothing. Uh, as soon as he does something great, he'll follow it up with, you know, a crazy ill-advised layup attempt or, like I mentioned, three turnovers. He got called for traveling twice in, like, the first four minutes of the game. Not great. Uh, he's got plenty of things to polish, but the potential's there. And tonight was was an exciting game to watch the Poku Nectar. The next one, last one, five on our takeaway. Giddy up, question mark. Listen, there's been some people not too happy with Josh Giddy. He's had a rough start to the season. I've seen some people on this here website, twitter.com, uh, which is descending into a spiral of dumpster firedom, uh, <laughs> saying they should trade Giddy. Get rid of him. He's done. He's washed, folks. It's year two for Josh Giddy. This was game 12 for Josh Giddy of year two. We need to tap the brakes a bit. Tonight looked like a return to form a little bit for Josh Giddy. He still had a few turnovers. Uh, he had well, more than a few. He had seven turnovers tonight, as a matter of fact. A lot of those came early. Like I mentioned, Oklahoma City had nine turnovers in the first quarter, 19 overall, seven of those from Josh Giddy. He still looks slightly uncomfortable out there, even, even tonight, which has kind of been the theme this season. But he looked more like himself. Josh Giddy tonight, six of nine shooting. Nice. One of one from behind the arc. Nine boards, five assists, and two steals. It felt like more of the well-rounded game where you saw a little bit of everything from Josh Giddy tonight um, than what we've seen in, the, in probably the last few games. I think he's still working through, you know, a little bit of that. I'm not going to call it a sophomore slump just yet, but some of that second year adjustment, um, probably trying some new things, much like Lou Dort taking a bunch of threes a game. Josh Giddy is probably working on some new things in addition to shooting with Chip England, which everybody's talked about. Um, still trying to figure out how to play alongside Shea. They've played roughly 50-something games together, just over half of an NBA season. So that, that partnership is not going to be fully fleshed out yet. It's going to take more time. And we're going to con continue to see that evolve. But I thought Giddy had some nice plays where he was setting guys up. He had some nice vision, made some great passes, as he always does. Uh, the scoring was a plus tonight. One of one from behind the arcs. Great. Sign me up. But the floater, he had the, he had the floater tonight in the lane. Uh, love to see that fall from him, adding that dimension to his game. Kamel in the chat. Josh's D was improved too. Absolutely. Uh, everybody on defense tonight was locked in, but that that extends to Giddy. Um, Giddy looked looked solid on defense. He was moving his feet. He was staying in good positions tonight. Um, very, very solid stuff from Josh Giddy. So I think this is a, a nice bounce back game for him. I, I think you hope 
to see more of it. You hope to see that continue for Josh Giddy. Um, it's a long season. It's a long season. This is only game 12. There's 70 more games on the table. Uh, lots and lots of time to get a full season of development out of Josh Giddy. The last thing I want to talk about, um, not on my five things, is something that we I think we end up talking about on every podcast episode because it's just impossible not to. But especially after a night like tonight, it's hard not to think about shit. My goodness. Especially when Poku's doing Poku stuff like this, you put Chet next to him. If Poku's getting four blocks, what's Chet doing? I mean, that's filthy. That front court could be disgusting if Poku can play more games like he did tonight. It was always kind of like um, a meme, a joke, the thin towers, like putting Poku and Chet together uh, in the front court would look ridiculous. But if Poku can play like this on a somewhat consistent basis and Chet can do Chet things, that's terrifying. Like, (laughs) who would want to go in the lane against those two? I know I wouldn't. Uh, Terrifying. Terrifying possibilities. Then you think about what Chet could bring on the offensive end, not just with, um, you know, lob threats and cutting to the basket and giving Shea and Josh their first actual lob threat they've maybe ever had. <clears throat> but the three-point shooting, too. He can he can spread things out. He can stretch the floor. He can add another dimension from behind the arc uh, on a night like tonight where they already shoot 41.7% from behind the arc. Just disgusting. Disgusting things to fantasize about. Uh, ridiculous. Exciting, if you're a Thunder fan, to look forward to that. Um, good things on the horizon. But tonight is a night you have to feel good about. And when everybody in the national NBA is clowning Oklahoma City, um, not everybody, there there are some good ones out there. Uh, but you get the, you know, just the canned jokes about Oklahoma City tanking and how long Shea going to put up with this. This is a great reminder tonight that that's not reality, uh, that this this Thunder team is different than what the national perception is. And I think Thunder fans know that. And if they keep this up, then then the rest of the association is going to know that as well. Uh, drop your questions in the chat. I'm going to take a few. I'm scrolling back up through. Uh, so if you have a question, get it in now. We've got a question from David Skelton. In what areas do you think Poku has improved? Seems to be a difference maker this year. Poku has improved in making smart plays, um, not just trying to do like wild pickup crap all the time (laughs) for lack of a better word um he often did things last season where he was just winging it just kind of doing whatever he wanted he seems more restrained this year he's making smart basketball plays he's fitting into the flow of things that's where the the phrase poku nectar comes from he's connecting things on offense uh he's you know getting rebounds and pushing and starting to break but then not trying to do it all himself he's passing off to teammates he's setting guys up um, he's doing a lot on defense. I think his his defensive IQ has probably improved. I think the speed of the game looks like it's slowed down for him. The timing aspect that I hit on earlier, I think is really, really big. Um, knowing how to play at an NBA pace when you were used to playing guys that smoked a pack of cigarettes at halftime in a Greek second league prior, um, that's an adjustment. 
And I think he, it feels like he's starting to settle in in a game like tonight. Really, really, really kind of shows that off. Uh, comment from A Man A, who said uh, he only got to start watching towards the end of the game, saw the score, and would have thought Shea dropped 40, but it's nice seeing everyone chip in. Uh, hit on that a little bit earlier as well. Shea didn't go super Shea in like he often does, but he didn't need to. This was a full team effort, everybody contributing everybody bringing things together you love to see it let's see who else who else scrolling down in the chat unk 615 calls out poku is still 20 years old exactly patience patience plenty of time for poku uh what was the best thing from kamel the shirt or the win porque no los dos kamel why not both uh, if you haven't yet, go check it out on Cotton Bureau, the new shirt, Super Shein. I'm biased, but it's pretty great. Shout out to Kamiar for, for coining that idea in our group chat. Uh, we love we love a nerdy pun on the uncontested. Tyler Wise asks, do you think Poku will get a contract next season? Uh, a great question. Uh, very similar to all the conversations we've had about Bayes this year. We're going to be having those conversations again with Poku next year. He's got to find that consistency. He's got to be able to showcase that the there's more to his ceiling. I think that was a big reason why Bayes didn't get that contract extension heading into this season is he didn't have he didn't have the consistency. He would have good moments and he would have very very bad moments. That can be said of Poku oftentimes. I think so far this season it feels like he's getting more consistent. That's a small sample size, but if that trend continues, then you can start to have that conversation. And I think uh, it, it'll be an interesting one to monitor. Absolutely. Uh, next question. How good can J-Dub be from Kamel in the chat? I didn't talk about J-Dub tonight, but we probably should. So this is a great segue. J-Dub tonight, 30 minutes, five of 10 shooting from the floor. All five of those misses from behind the arc, which is not ideal. Three boards. 11 assists, one steal for 10 points. Jada was freaking great tonight. And it says a lot about how good this Thunder team was top and bottom that we're 29 minutes into this podcast and we're talking about Jada for the first time. Uh, he had a nasty dunk where he shot through the roof of the Paycom Center tonight. Uh, looked incredible. Um, his athleticism, his IQ, the passing 11 assists tonight. I believe that's a, yeah, that's a team high. Um, 11 of the Thunder's 31 assists tonight came from J-Dub off the bench. He's so fluid. And I think it, it, his the amount of skills that he has make it really, really, really intriguing for all the different ways that Oklahoma City can use him. And I think that's going to make him such a valuable piece is the number of different positions he can guard on the floor, the number of positions he can play on offense, the number of things he can do on offense makes him a really versatile player that Oklahoma City, I think, is going to have a lot of fun developing and finding different ways to utilize into the future. Player of the game tonight, I already mentioned it, Eugene Omarui. We actually had a question in the chat, is the is the uh, player of the game tonight Eugene or Poku? I went with Eugene. Um, you could go with anybody. There's probably five good candidates tonight, but I think you love the story from Eugene, the two-way guy, taking the most of his opportunity, as he's done all season. It's hard not to get excited about that. Oklahoma City finishes off a pretty impressive homestand 
Up next is a bit of a meat grinder. They head on the road for four games, and it could get interesting. Sunday at New York, Monday at Boston, Wednesday at Washington, and Friday at Memphis. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Follow us on social, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out. We're going to cover everything. We're going to do post-game pods just like this after every single game. And join us on Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central for our weekly show. We'll break down bigger themes. We'll get the whole gang together and talk Thunder Hoops as a whole in the NBA. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining in this fun Thunder season with us so far. Lots more to come. Hope you'll be there with us for it all. Until our next show, and as always, Thunder Up. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.